0: Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana K. White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That's where I share my personal deslobification process. As I figure out ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 185, and I am calling it Not Ready for Baby with Emily Thomas. Um. Emily is a podcaster over at the Struggle Well Project. You might know her as Mom Struggling Well, and she's the real deal. I've listened to her podcast for several years now. It's like it's, it's my laundry day podcast. Um, but I met her and spent a lot of time with her a couple of weeks ago at a podcasting retreat. And I heard her say something that made me say to her, I need to have you on my podcast to talk about this. So you'll find out more about that. Um, You can find her podcast wherever you listen to this podcast. So, um, just search struggle well project for that. Okay. But before we get started, I want to tell you about our sponsor for this week, who is prep dish prep dish is a subscription based healthy meal planning service. That means they do the research and the planning for you because we can all get bogged down in that, right? Each week you get an email with a meal plan for the week that includes a grocery list, instructions for doing all your prep work in one session, and then instructions for getting those meals on the table super fast throughout your busy week. Each week you get a new paleo plan and a new gluten-free plan, but then, okay. And those have, I think those are maybe like two to three hour prep for those, but every month there is a super fast plan That comes along with them, each, same plan each week for the month, but it comes out in that email. Um, for that extra busy week that you have that is supposed to be a one hour prep time. Okay. Here is what is on the super fast meal plan for October. Okay. You ready? Pan fried grouper with polenta and spinach. Slow cooker pork and apples. Salt and pepper drumsticks with peas and polenta pulled pork, lettuce wraps with citrus slaw. And then all of the meal plans also have a salad, a breakfast, a snack and a dessert. Okay. So that just kind of gives you an idea of what we're talking about here. Um, Allison, the founder of prep dish is offering listeners of a slob comes clean, a free two week trial. So you can see how it all works. And know for sure if it's a good fit for your family and your family's lifestyle. Go to prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean for your free two-week trial. That's prepdish.com slash a slob comes clean to get two weeks free. Okay, here's Emily. Thanks for coming on my show, Emily. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for asking me. So I just want to explain to people how we know each other. So Emily, I've already told you a little bit about her, but... We met a couple of weeks ago and didn't just meet. Like we went to a podcasting retreat together in Austin and drove the whole way there. So
1: pretty much we're like lifelong friends now, right? I mean, that is not necessarily like I would never tell my children to get in a car with a stranger on a road <laughs> trip, but it was, it worked out really well for us. It did work out really well and um
0: we had a really good time and I just... I have been listening to your podcast for years. It's my laundry day podcast. So sweet. Yeah. And, um, it's really good. And you're the same in real life as you are on your podcast. I love hearing that. Thank you.
1: I mean, I think I am, but you know.
0: Well, I I think that that is um, important. And I feel like for me, I'm not sure. Like, I think I am the same in real life, but then sometimes I think people who would meet me in real life would be like, so disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have, they're like, Oh, I thought she was going to be funny. And I can't think of anything funny to say. Where's her pink bandana. This is right. so
1: disappointing.
0: Exactly. She doesn't wear that on a normal day. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so the reason that I wanted to have you come on is not because you circle with clutter because we talked a lot about that and that is not a personal struggle for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, the reason, okay. So I walked in as you were talking to some of the other podcasters and I kind of overheard part of a conversation that I didn't hear the whole thing but it was the reason that I wanted to have you on and what I heard you say was in your you have kind of a unique um story about your path to parenthood and you you said something like in the moment when each of my two kids joined our family I had absolutely nothing yeah for a baby Mm -hmm. for a child. And so that right there made me go, okay, that is my listeners worst nightmare. Mm -hmm. I mean, we are the people who've been collecting since like seventh grade, you know, I mean, we're, we're the ones who the minute the thought of even someday having a baby comes along, we, um, start, you know, shopping anyway at garage sales. It's not like we're overspending. <laughs> never super frugal. Yeah. yeah anyway but i know that there's a lot more to that story than that so that's kind of where we're going but before we do that i want to hear just what a typical day in your life right now looks like not like anyone ever has an actual typical
1: day but tell me what your typical day would be okay so in the morning i get my kids to school and then i come to my tiny little closet um that's my office so my closet I'm, I'm like <laughs> combining those <laughs> words and half of it is clothes and then the are off ass? it. Oh yeah. Off it. But that's, I don't like that ring as much, you know? Yeah. Okay. But one half of it is, um, an office. My husband like had a desk built in here and then the other half is my clothes, which kind of dampens the sound, which you know is good for podcasting. So I, I just that work, 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 work for
0: podcasting, but yeah. my dryer is running right now. Like, I can't even hear it. That's great. Eight feet away from me. So, can't even hear it. Good. Okay. You go on. I'll stop interrupting.
1: No. Um, anyway, so I just work as much as I can until I pick the kids up from school. I love my job though. So I kind of, even one day, my son, who's incredibly, um, kind of emotionally savvy for a six-year-old. He's like, mom, if you had all day long, you didn't have to work. Like what kind of kid asked their mom, like their dream day? But he did. And I was like, well, and my husband said at the same time, she would work. I was like, yeah, I would work. So love it.
0: So, That's great. I have my own
1: problems. Workaholism.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, So tell us too, I've heard the story a little bit on your podcast, but tell us your, the story of your journey to becoming a mom because you did not have an easy time of it.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I think for some people, um, the collecting is, feels good. And I think for me dealing with infertility, collecting baby things was like painful. It was kind of just a reminder of what I didn't have. Yeah. So that may be a reason why I didn't collect baby things, but what I did collect was maternity clothes because I think pregnant women are adorable. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I had like a whole lot of maternity shirts and also the pants, they seemed like they would be really comfortable. I never got to use any of them cause I never got pregnant. Um, but we ended up being foster parents after six years of infertility and you just kind of wait. And then I immediately got, I got a immediately, After six years, we became foster parents to my daughter, and we had 30 minutes notice. Um, She was an emergency placement where she had to leave a foster home that wasn't working out, and so she came to us within 30 minutes notice, and I didn't have, I mean, I had legitimately nothing. I handed her some keys to play with because I was like, That seems like a fun thing for a eighteen month old. She walked upstairs and immediately poked herself in the eye. I was like, okay, well maybe that's not the best toy. (laughs) But I don't have any toys. (laughs) Wow. So anyway, we we eventually just got stuff from friends, you know, who everybody's excited to bring stuff, you know. And then when my son came to live with us, we had four hours notice. Not like that's much better. So we had a couple of things, but I had in the space between my daughter and my son, because I didn't have anything for my daughter, I started gathering things the whole time we were waiting to adopt our son. And we waited for about two years. And, um, so I I did, I had a nursery for him. The nursery was painted. There was furniture in there. I didn't know if we were having a boy or a girl. So I kept all my girls clothes and I gathered all the boys clothes I could find that I, that I thought would be good. Um, like from, you know, consignment stores or whatever. So I really was like, I was gathering, he had a whole room ready, um, lots of diapers, like stockpiling diapers and all the toys and all the things. And then when we, we needed to move to Texas and I was finishing nursing school, we were selling our house and it was just time and I knew the season for a, another child to come was closing. So, um, we were preparing just to, like let that dream die really. And, Cause um, you would have had to restart in Texas. Is that how that process would work? Yeah. And we had just been like six years in, well now, by now it'd been eight years and I was like, just tired. I felt like I had given God the, like, this was my dream. It's obviously a no. And so I'm going to, I'm just going to, there's no, there's no use in keeping all this stuff. Cause to me, it's more painful to have it around, to have this whole room that I yeah. can't go in. Um And to move it. And to move it for zero reason. Yeah. So I put, I put the, um, furniture on Craigslist and a lady came and bless her heart. She was like about to have the baby, like any site, like maybe in my house. <laughs> I was like, she was so <laughs> close to having this baby and it was a boy. And so I gave her, she just came for the crib and stuff. And I gave her all the diapers, every boy thing I had, all the toys. I was just like, let me bless this lady. She is having a boy. I'm never going to have one. Um, anyway. And so I, it was just it broke my heart to watch her leave with all of my baby's things for a baby I wasn't going to have, um and and then the next day I sold all the girls things and everything else at uh kid to kid. Do you have that? Oh yeah, I you think live so? There? Yeah, like a consignment store, right? And I went in. You kind of go in with your laundry basket. And I went in with my laundry basket. I sold all the clothes that I had kept. The saddest one for me was a big sister shirt that I bought for my daughter because she was never going to be a big sister. And that, it was just so sad. Um, anyway, and I I had sold everything. I had my empty laundry basket. I donated the rest. And then I got the phone call that there was a boy. Can you come get him in four hours? And I had forgotten to get off the adoption list. Like, I knew I wasn't adopting, but I never told the adoption agency. Um, and so then, yeah, there I was. And I was like, oh, the irony. God has got such a <laughs> sense of humor. I, again, have not a, nary a toy in the house, except like, you know, older girl toys. Right. I don't have anything, but here I have this baby. And yesterday, le- legitimately yesterday, I had a whole entire nursery. <laughs> uh, that is like making me cry. <laughs> gosh, it's really something. What? Well, Wow.
0: So like every last little thing, all baby stuff, all those diapers, everything gone. And then he comes. So how did you manage? Like, what did you, I mean, cause I think with the two year old, I'm like, or she was 18 months.
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay.
0: So like, you know, I'm thinking, okay, okay. You know, you could maybe manage for a few hours while all the friends bring this stuff, but like, how, how do you manage with a newborn? Like, you know, what did you do in those first few hours and um
1: well in his particular case he was in the NICU okay so I had um I probably had about five days of him being in the NICU to like sort stuff up but also our I mean our house was on the market and I was in nursing school like right before the big board exams and so it's not like I had like a lot of time to go to Babes RS or whatever right. um so it was just kind of in the cracks of the day people know and they would just leave a bunch of stuff on the on the doorstep um and, and honestly, I loved, I personally love the hand me down stuff. Oh, me too. There's so much character to it and it's already been loved and it's from my friends and I don't know. So that's kind of, we just, we got everything from people giving it to us.
0: Well, and they were probably excited to have the opportunity to declutter their stuff. Totally. For a good reason, you know, looking for that. Um, so tell me what, did, do you feel like because of the situation that you were in both times, did it, Help you get by with less? I mean, you know, did you kind of narrow down to the essentials because you
1: were starting from nothing? Yeah, I think I didn't. Yeah, I think that I was fine with less. And also, you're kind of in the thick of it. I wasn't planning for a baby. So I didn't. Like, I remember keeping on thinking, I want to get one of those diaper genie things. And I just never got around to it. Like, there were so many things I just never got around to because he was already here. And you know, oh, he wants to be fed, and I haven't slept in a really long time. <laughs> it was hard. He yeah. was my first infant, too, because she was 18 months. Oh, my gosh. I'm not a baby person, Dana. Rock your world, for, for sure. sure. Yeah. For sure. So would you
0: say that the vast majority were gifts and hand-me-downs, or did, did you actually go out? I mean, I know you said you were thinking about getting a diaper genie, but, um, you know, what were some of the things that you're like, no, this is actually a need that I have that is worth me taking the time to go out and spend money.
1: Well, I had to get a little sister shirt, which by the I mean, a big sister shirt, which by the way, that store made me buy it back. Oh my word. I hadn't that's... even left the store and Did I told them, them the story. story. Yes. And they're like, okay, then I'll be at two I was like, you have no heart. <laughs> And how much did they pay you for it? Like twenty five. I don't cents? even. I, I don't even know. But I was like, that is the worst business um, plan I could ever think of. But anyway, um, and I, you know, I wanted him to have a little brother thing, and just the things I think that would be sentimental. Um, I don't know why I really wanted him to have like cute little swaddlers, like those little. I don't even know baby things. The blankets that are cute. The little
0: wraparound blanky things. My kids never, um, they were just, I I think actually my first one would wiggle his way out of him. And so I never even really bothered with
1: the others. Okay. Well, they were so soft for me. I think it may have been for me just to calm me down, (laughs) make him (laughs) snugglier. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Do you,
0: okay. So we talk a lot about decluttering regret around here. So I know you don't struggle with clutter in the same way, but did you experience that Decluttering regret ever, or did you just go with it, or did you not have time to experience the regret, or you know, like how would you view that? Because a lot of us are like, I can't get rid of something because what if, and your situation is the ultimate what if?
1: Yeah, no kidding. You know, I didn't have regret because for me, I tend to over plan and want everything to be just perfect. And so for me, it was such a lesson of, of God saying, I've got this. Mm -hmm. You you don't have to plan. You can't plan well enough, um, to know what's around the corner. And so I've got this. So for me, it was more just like funny and only something God could have sorted out that way. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um,
0: okay. I want to, I want you to talk about your podcast is now called the struggle well project, right? Yes. Okay. But your podcast podcast used to be called Mom Struggling Well. So I want to I mean I think that's part of your story that um a lot of us will relate to as far as you know this is how I dreamed everything was going to be and then this is how it really was. Um tell me that story of how you uh got to that point of of having your podcast with that name Mom Struggling
1: Well. Yeah, I think that when I had um all those years to imagine how my kids were going to be, they were, my imaginary kids were amazing and they always listened and nothing was ever sticky and they were so quiet and, you know, respectful. And so when actual kids came, I was not prepared for how hard I was going to have to, um, I'm, I'm used to kind of powering through and trying harder and making it work. And I married a guy who's super easygoing. Um, and is fine with most of everything that I want to do. And so then that, so then kids to me were like the big wake up call that there's more than one way to do things. And um I'm not going to be able to control or manage or plan well enough to handle everything. Um, and it, I didn't love it. And I didn't, I wasn't the mom who a loved kids or loved like the role. I didn't, and I thought it would just happen and I didn't know if I wasn't loving it because they were adopted or I wasn't loving it because there was something wrong with me. Um, But it was, and I don't think you can have postpartum depression um when you're adopted. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe they've come up with a name for it. I know it wouldn't have been horrible. I'll bet you there is something. I can almost guarantee you, yes. But it's like, it was like a real problem for me. And so I just realized that I, I didn't just, it wasn't just a struggle for me. Like I really hated it. And my tagline is that, my show helps women not run away from home. And it's like funny, but it's also, I, I really wanted to run. I would fantasize about just getting the heck out of Dodge. I didn't even care where, um, but I, I couldn't stay there. And I never did actually leave. Um, but mainly because it's not socially acceptable, not because they didn't really want to. (laughs) Right. So anyway, I just basically wanted to ask other moms, how, who I saw who were really doing a good job in one area or another, how are you doing that? And then interview them about it. Yeah. And that was three years ago. So.
0: Well, it's come a long way and it's a really good podcast and everybody needs to go listen. Um, so sweet. thank you. Um, but I also want to talk about something. You talk a lot about your neighbors and yeah. you guys have really, uh, close relationships. And I think that this kind of goes along, even though these are, have got to be different neighbors from the ones who helped you with your babies when you first had them um but building relationships i know is a real passion of yours what do you see because i'm sure that in a group of different women that you have relationships with that there are varying levels of um houses being ready all the time i mean maybe you have their group of friends where everybody's house is always perfect but oh my gosh no like no. what are your since that is such a passion of yours what are your thoughts or observations on that living life together? And we're talking, you know, I mean, I feel like where I live, we've got amazing friends, but I'm also really thankful they don't live next door and drop by um, completely unexpectedly. We, right. you know, I usually know when they're coming. Um, so that is a, a nightmare scenario for a lot of people like me. So, you know, what are your thoughts on on that and having those relationships in the midst of people having varying levels of always ready houses.
1: Yeah, no, we, I mean, and they definitely are not always ready. And also we, we don't just show up and knock on the door and like, think we're going to be let in with, with so that's a, that's a big deal. Like we have like, each of us will leave stuff on each other's doorsteps if we want to return something or we want to like give some cookies or whatever. um, We'll just text and say, this is on your door or so just know that like ha- being friends with your neighbors doesn't mean they're always going to be at your house. Um, oh, Okay. Don't. <laughs> yeah. But, but also it's so fun because like if you're going to go on a walk or something, you can say, Hey, anybody want to go on a walk? And they just have to like walk out of their door too. And so you have like this community that because it's so close by is, can really, ha- I mean, unless you live in a rural place and you have to like walk to the next farm or something, but I don't right. know. Well, how did you develop those relationships? Um, honestly, we spend a lot of time walking around our neighborhood. I know that sounds really weird, but we have a trail at the, we live kind of at a trailhead of like some water and trails and stuff. And so you can just kind of, everybody's outside in our neighborhood. Um, but another way that, that I do it in my house and I love it is I have a picnic table out front. And so um and it's like under a tree and so everybody can meet in the front yard and nobody has to see what's happening inside my house. Oh that's and, awesome. And when I'm done I can just get up and go inside. And they, let them stay out there. Yeah, I mean if they want to I don't care. I won't, you know, call the cops for trespassing, but you can't come in my house. <laughs> if so that's just a way to do it or we um I like to do this is how like it sounds really fancy like we have these fancy parties and some of them do have some planning involved just for fun, but we also do parties where you just bring whatever's in your fridge and the only rule is you can't go to the grocery store. So it really lowers the bar um, and everybody brings like peanut butter and baby carrots and you don't know what's gonna happen and so that's really kind of fun and you don't you don't have to put a lot of pressure on yourself because it's gonna be weird, but that's what that's what's fun about it. Well, and who started that? I think I did. I think me and some friends did it in like when we were first married in Arizona. It's just, I mean, you're going to have dinner anyway, and you're going to be eating weird stuff, and they're going to be eating weird stuff. If everybody's honest, it's going to be weird sometimes. We might as well do it in the same house. Which is also a way for,
0: you know, to me, it's one of those impromptu things that you do because I actually cleaned my house today it really looks good. I wish I would have scheduled a party. Why not go ahead and schedule a party right now? You know, Just call True. a few
1: people and say, come on over. Let's do this. No, that's great. That's great. You'd be surprised at how many people are willing to come over and do that. And I have friends. I mean, I tend to like to throw things away, but I have plenty of friends who have piles everywhere and stuff everywhere. And you don't care when it's not your house. I don't care. Right. Does that make sense? I don't know if that... No, I it totally makes to sense. in and I, my house. Well, I always say that one of my main
0: things that I have learned through this whole process, first of all, yes, I have made huge progress in my house, but I've also learned how important it is to let people in when it's not perfect. Yeah. Because I really do believe that there, there are people who needed to see it at the moment when they needed to see it. Um, yeah. you know, they needed to see a certain level of imperfection. <laughs>
1: And they just probably need you, you know, like it's, we let that be a barrier to actually what, what they need is is relationship and connection. I don't know. And it's funny because maybe I don't have a problem having tons of things, but I have a problem. Like my floors are disgusting. My microwave, I mean, is so embarrassing, Dana. So we, everybody has things that when people are over, you're like, Oh my gosh, I wish I would have cleaned that microwave.
0: Oh, why did I not think about the microwave before they went over to or the see, bath, if I invite like
1: the them to bed. bring stuff out of their fridge? They're going to use the microwave. I know. Or the guest bathroom. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't remember last time I cleaned that toilet. So there's always going to be that embarrassing things. It's just different things embarrass different people. Right. I say get together. anyhow. yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's great. And I think that ultimately I would say that the, what I'm hearing you here is most people have a community that in a situation like this, like you were in when your surprise you have children yeah, yeah. moments came that people just gathered around. They were excited for the opportunity. I know we've had that exact same thing happen in our church. Um, multiple different people who've just had surprise. You've got a kid, you've got a foster child coming in. I need this. And people just gather around and do it. And everybody's excited to do it. Um, most of us do have that, but if you don't, that, there are ways to make that happen. I mean, there are ways to start in that process, you know, and looking forward and saying, I want to develop those relationships that get me to that point. Tell me mm-hmm. too, didn't you do like a, a, I think I saw it on Instagram, like a clothes swap or something with your friends?
1: Did oh you my gosh. that? That has been the most, one of the most fun things that we have done. Talk um, about it. So yeah, everybody just, you know, you give them like a month notice or two weeks or whatever and say just anything you don't want if it's kids clothes husband's clothes you know whatever your own clothes shoes whatever um bring it and then we just kind of set it up set it out in my house like on the back of a couch like it wasn't fancy like on the floor even and just different like the medium stuff here and the dresses here and whatever and then we just all kind of we we wore bathing suits underneath so we could kind of like change clothes in the middle of the living room and um that is so awkward i'm well, but like people also use <laughs> bathrooms. I mean, it was very like, yeah, whatever. And so we just no husbands uh, in the house. No. Oh no. it's just, just us ladies. And I, you know, everybody knows at any party you bring, you can bring a drink or, or you can bring a, um, bring a snack to share. And so I don't have to ever in an, when I invite them over, I don't ever have to provide all the food. So I could have like a box of Ritz and some LaCroix water. And then they bring stuff. And then it's Did you before say a you know, the of table's of food. Did you say a box of oh, grits? No. <laughs> no, like Ritz crackers. Which is funny. <laughs> I never talk about Ritz crackers, but that's the first thing I thought of in my closet. It's like, my...
0: I, I feel like a box of grits. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't even make it. I'm like, listen, chew on it or get out. No. Um, so, then, so then they brought clothes and they brought a snack. And we just spent a couple hours trying on clothes. And it was hysterical and then I just loaded all the, the clothes up and then took them took what wasn't used to the um goodwill or whatever after that's awesome it was a great way to get and some of my favorite clothes that I have right now I got from that I am currently wearing a shirt from that cl- clothing exchange that I did not know was my friend's husband's shirt I loved it and then um he came over later and he's like hey that's my shirt I'm like oh wow that's awkward <laughs> did he know that she had taken it to that thing He may have known, but she did not tell me it was his. That is hilarious. So anyway, yep. That's
0: pretty funny. (laughs) Well, I love it. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate you coming on and just sharing your story because I feel like this is one of those extra sentimental issues that you've had to deal with. And so I think hearing about you basically surviving and thriving through it, even though it wasn't easy, even though it wasn't um, simple, that is encouraging. To all of us as we go through different things where we've planned and planned and planned and then it did not turn out the way that we wanted it to. So yeah. um, tell us
1: where people can connect with you on social media. Um, on Facebook and Instagram, it's Struggle Well Project and then um, StruggleWellProject.com.
0: Okay. And looking in Apple Podcasts or you're on Spotify now, right? Yeah, I think I'm on all the places.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. For, for my podcast.
0: Yes. Yeah. Struggle well podcast, which comes out on Mondays, yes. even though I've been thinking I should tell you that you just need to switch it to Tuesdays since you said that's right. stressful. You told me it's stressful for you to have it come out on Mondays.
1: It is because I have to work all weekend. It's dumb. Mm-hmm. Move it to Tuesdays. I should. Yeah. When does yours come out?
0: Um. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you feel like it. Thursday or Friday.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> goal is
0: Thursday morning. That's the okay. goal. Last week, it was Friday afternoon. Anyway. Hey.
1: Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dana. I appreciate you.
0: It's been really fun. Okay.